Well, I have a quick funny, and then I'll get started. Uh, so you, you know that I've gone back to just working in uh, some private schools on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, one of the little schools that I was in <clears throat> uh, on Tuesday, it's over in Fort Worth, and uh, I have anywhere from three years of age to, what's eighth grade, 13 years old? Is that 13, 13, 14? I have that age range from 7, 15 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. So I'm just seeing groups of kids all day long. And so my kindergarten students come in, and there's five of them. And they sit at a table with me. I'm uh, helping them, you know, with their English and their math. And uh, some of them made a mistake. And I said, well, it's okay. It's okay to make a mistake, and it's okay to make a mistake. And one of the little girls goes, well, Jesus made mistakes. And I looked at her, and I said, he did? I said, okay. And one of the little boys said, no, Jesus didn't make any mistakes. That was Adam and Eve. <laughs> and so, I thought that was so cute, I, and that just had me laughing all day, and I had to share that with y'all, so that's just a little funny for you. Well, uh, I don't know if any, those of you that weren't here last week, um, Pastor Randy shared with you about the word for the year is merge. Um, if you see our signs, merge says 2020 on earth as, as it is in heaven. And so I want to open up just really quick with, um, with the word merge. And um, it says that uh, he quoted, Pastor Randy quoted that merge means to cause, combine, unite um, into a single entity. And uh, then he used a scripture, John 17, 21 through 22, that says that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And then he went on to tell you about the word of our the word over our church is John thirteen thirty four and thirty five, um, where it says that love for one another that we should have love for one another. And I definitely feel over the last several years um, that we have come to love one another. We have um, we have unity together. And so today I want to talk to you about hindrances to merging with God. Um. Now, be patient with me because I threw all this together yesterday. Um, and so, talking about merge, I went in to read a little bit on um, merging myself, and um, I came up with a similar definition and a little bit of a different definition. And it does say to blend. It says, um, or unite gradually so as to blur the individual, individual I can't even say the word, individuality, or individual identity of. And then, it, then I saw the word blending. It says to look and act, and I wrote down this, to look and act more like Jesus. So when I think of uh, merge, we see that as a traffic sign, right? And there's been a lot of merging on 35 lately where we've had to uh, form one line. We've had to come together and form one line, one lane. The cars move into a single line and one behind the other. And so that's a great definition of merging. Another uh, thing I think about when merge is uh, marriage. When you marry, when you become married, you, you are united. You're supposed to be united. You are united. You become one. One. 
right? And so you merge. And so I think about where it says that you, that it says, or unite gradually so as to blur, as to blur out, you know, your indiv- ind- you being individual where you become one. And so I think about, when I think about blur, I think about just erasing all the, maybe the hard lines, you know, or blurring the lines on the outside that you become where you mesh together. When people uh, see you, they see you as one. Do you ever hear um, people say that when they get around a couple that, or you even get around your best friend, you know, and that you can, uh, you're thinking what they're thinking and you can just go on and share. They, they stop at a, at a certain spot in a sentence and you can finish it for them. I believe that those people have merged, right? They have become one with each other. And so uh, I want to think for just a minute. It says to look and act more like Jesus um, is our merge for this year. And I want to remind you of, go back and think about when you were saved. Some of us, it's been a long time. Some of us, it's been recently. When you were saved, um, you merged with God at that moment, right? He came and knocking on your heart, or uh, and you responded, and so you merged. You opened up yourself to him. Well, we're going to talk about Paul for a little bit in Ephesians. And uh, Paul, Paul of, of Tarsus, remember Paul? He, uh, before God came along, he was killing all the Christians, right? Uh, and so he uh, had an encounter with Christ. He had such an encounter that God knocked him on his rear end, right? He was blinded, and, and at that moment, he changed. He turned, and not only did he go from killing Christians, he went to loving Christians and caring for Christians and, and speaking to Christians and encouraging them. And so, he merged with, with God. He uh, became one with him. And so in Ephesians 4, 30 and 32, here's Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says in verse 31, I'm sorry, I said verse 30, but it's uh, verse 31 in chapter 4 of Ephesians. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember He has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So here we're reminded that the Holy Spirit is our permanent identification, signifying that we are set apart for God. We're set apart. We're no longer of this world. We're in the world, but we're no longer of this world. He says on verse 32 to get rid of, The scripture says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And I think this is a a really good, on verse 32, when it talks about getting rid, I think it's a good scripture for right now because here we are at the beginning of the new year, and it reminds me, um, you know, we like to come up with 
uh, things that we're going to do different, you know, either we're going to lose weight, you know, we're going to eat healthy, um, you know, we're going to stop smoking or whatever. And so get, when, when he says to get rid, it just reminded me of it being a new year. It's time to start over and cleanse yourself of, um, of where you're at, leaving the old ways behind and bringing on the new. Um, in verse 33, it says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. It goes on in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Um, and I really like the message version, so, and I'm sorry that I don't think, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have the message version up. But Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, uh, it says, Imitate God meaning to follow or emulate him. It says, watch what God does. This is the message version. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. And and when I read that in the message version, that's, that's it right there. That's one of my favorite. That's got to be my favorite of all time. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. That's the answer to all of it. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Paul is encouraging the people of Ephesus by saying, love like that. Give it all you got. Put it out there. If you've ever wondered to yourself, what keeps me from becoming Christ-like or merging with God? Consider these actions Paul speaks of in his letter to the church in Ephesus. Remember, to merge, you must identify as his own, you must be identified as his own and guaranteed to be saved. Think of that. Think that you're saved. And now realizing, who do you belong to? You no longer belong to the world, but you belong to him. And we're to eliminate the behaviors that grieve the Holy Spirit. So here comes the good part. So what are some of the things that, behaviors that grieve the Holy Spirit? Bitterness, rage, anger. We can replace those with kindness, forgiveness, since God has forgiven us. What about harsh words? Slander, replaced with gracious speech that edifies others. What about types of evil behavior? Replaced with right behavior, with being kind-hearted and tender-hearted. These are all restrictions to merging with God. They keep you from being one with Him. Each activity narrows the entrance ramp into oneness with Jesus. Does it change the fact that you're saved? No. Does it change the fact that you're going to heaven? No. Why would anyone 
who belongs to Christ and has been guaranteed salvation ever express any of these grievous actions? Think about that. I'm going to go deeper to that in that in just a minute. But what soulish doors open? Do you have? Do you open, or do you give access to that are unchristlike actions? Television shows, music, people you run with. So I want to just think about that for a minute. You know when. I wanted. I brought up earlier for you to think about when you were saved, because you remember that encounter you had with Christ, and how that moment when you walked away, and maybe for a month or so you were you knew you were changed. How many of you remember that? Really, I know I'm not the only one. I remembered that, and I was in church, and I was hanging out with the singles group, and I was involved, and you know I was. Uh, Things were changing in me. I wasn't cussing as much. Matter of fact, I quit cussing, right? And so uh, I didn't want to do the things that I was doing before, right? I left that behind. And then my old friends started calling me, right? I ran into them at work. They started talking to me. I started listening, I quit reading as much. I slowly got away from, I was going to church still, but I got away from that singles group that was encouraging me, you know, lifting me up, hanging out with them. And I always, uh, you know, I tell kids all the time and I tell their parents, you know, kids spend eight hours or more a day with their friends. They spend more time with their friends than they do with you. And the older they get, they spend more time. And your kids walk in the door and they come home from school and they start talking and you're like, oh my God, who are you? I don't even know you. Yeah, because they've been out in the world. They've been listening to stuff that they don't need to be listening to. They hear stuff that other kids are being exposed to. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I could just keep you home or, you know, how am I going to shelter this person, this child from hearing all of these things and, and, and then the video games that they play. And, and, and I'm not against video games. I'm not against music. Uh, I'm not against certain kinds of music, believe it or not. I, I listen to every kind of music. I grew up around music. So I love the bebop music. I love a lot of that um, music plays. I start moving, you know, because I just have that background of music. And as my kids got older, I allowed them to listen to that music. But when they were with me, they listened to my music, and that was Christian music. And over time, that left them. They still listen to some of that. I know they do. They're, they're around their friends that listen to that stuff, Right? But we're supposed to be an influence on them, them not being an influence on us, right? So, so here we are, we're saved, and the world starts coming at us, right? Because we have to remember we're not of the world, but we go into the world. And so we have to armor ourselves. We have to protect ourselves. And one of the scriptures that I love so much in the Bible, Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23. See, here's, here's the key to our problems. 
is our heart. It says, I would like, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Here's another one that I, uh, as, 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 as waters reflects, reflects the face, so one's life's life reflects the heart. That's Proverbs 27, 19. Another one, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit drives up, dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17, 22. Another one, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew's, Matthew 6, 21, where is your, where is your treasure? Because wherever your treasure is, where your heart is. I want you to think about that because that scripture has really hit home with me um, the last couple of days. Um, I, I actually um, was listening to a pastor on TV and they spoke about that scripture. And, it was really, and so I thought it was good to use today. But so it says, so where, so it says to protect your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Have you ever... Uh, uh, been around someone and they just dump it all out on you and uh, you're thinking, oh my gosh, where did all this come from? From That's the issues of their life. Have you ever been around someone that you see that is, uh, you know, maybe a good looking guy and you're like, ooh, you know, look at him. He's good looking, got the cowboy hat on, all dressed up and everything. And then you get up to him and he just, everything negative or nasty comes out of his mouth. You know, that's what's in, that's his, that's what's in his heart. And, and the same for women, uh, you know, that, and then you're, and then the, so the outside of that person is like, ugh, because it's not so much about the outside anymore of that person. It's what's in their heart. And uh, we get caught up on the, of, of looking at people on the outside, and sometimes we get involved in relationships we, we get involved in relationships that people are broken, right? And sometimes we leave that broken and we go to another broken, right? And because, we're, because we're attracted to that and we don't even realize our heart, we don't even realize what's in our heart and how we attract those people, right? And then there's people that, you know, you, you have the pain and you have so much uh, pain of life in your heart that you uh, drink, you, do, you know, you find other ways to do drugs or anything because you numb yourself of what you're dealing with. And see, when, when you look at someone and you, and you hear that, that pain come out of their heart, you know, God gives, God gives us a, a compassion, you know, a sense of mercy to realize that, that's, their, that's what, maybe what they've been through, the struggles of life that they've been through. And so you become bitter. You hate, right? You're angry. And you can tell, uh, Randy and I have been speaking with a couple that doesn't go to church here. Nobody knows them. Uh, they've been married 16 years. And I've been talking with the wife and he's been talking with the husband and they can't even speak to each other because 
it, their relationship is so bad and it's been so negative for so long that they can't even talk to one another. And I keep trying to bring her back to what attracted you to him. What were the things that you loved about him? You know, and, and, and everything is so on the surface with her that she says, well, he makes me mad when he gets a piece of pie, you know, out of the pie dish and he just walks around with it in his hand through the house and crumbs are falling everywhere. And I thought, well, God, my husband does that, you know? I said, but it doesn't make me mad. But, but you see what I'm saying? It's the little things that make her mad because she's not dealing with what's really down inside of her. You know, she says, I have to come home and do laundry and I fold clothes and I work all these hours and he can't even do this and he can't even do that. And I keep selling. But what's the real problem? What's the real issue here? Let's keep, let's get to the issue. Because when you get to the issue and you can get, realize what the real problem is, you're going to be healed. You're going to heal yourself. And so everything that's coming out of their mouth right now is just the surface. It's not the true problem. It's what's covering up the problem. And so people that, uh, that maybe, maybe drink or, you know, um, have a drug dependency, that's what they do. They, they cover up. They cover up all of those issues. The minute those feelings start to come up, the minute those thoughts begin to come up, uh, they start self-medicating, eating, eating disorders, right? Uh, alcohol disorder, a drug disorder. That's what we do, right? Because we don't deal with it. And, and, and the, the, the flip side is, of it is, see, the devil keeps you tra- trapped like that. But if you would deal with it, as painful as it is, deal with it. You know, uh, you guys hear me talk about my son all the time. You know, when my son passed away, I've dealt with it. But people would come to me and tell me, oh, just stay busy. You need to stay busy and forget about everything and it'll just fly by you. And I thought, well, that's weird, you know. And, and you know, I, don't even, I didn't even know God like I, know him, like I have a relationship with him now. But I could hear him saying to me, no. You just need to lay down and focus on me. Listen to what I'm telling you to do. And, and I dealt with it, and, I, and, and uh, I, I went to counseling for it, you know, and I got the help that I needed, and, uh, you know, I expressed it, and I talked about it. And that's another thing. We don't talk about it. We don't deal with it. We just keep it closed up. And I know people that, uh, that I have been with, you know, that have lost children or, you know, been through terrible tragedy and they don't deal with it and they think somehow if they can just keep it bundled up right here in their heart that's going to be okay but sooner or later the heart explodes because it can only handle so much and you might have a heart attack right or you might have a nervous breakdown right so the point is if you'll deal with it as painful as it is you're going to come out being healed that stuff is going to leave you. So out of so it says to guard your heart, the issues of life. And so when we leave this place, we're here to get filled with God's word. But what about Monday through Saturday? 
when we don't have church on Wednesday. You can't last on that word all week long. You got to get into the word. You've got to get to know God. And so Pastor Randy was sharing with you last week, even if it's one scripture that you look up, even if it's a daily devotion, I know we, we get up, we have busy lives when we get up and we get going on the road. Turn on something on the radio that is uplifting, that gives you a word that you can hold on to for that day. That day, before you go to bed at night, get a word that's gonna, you know, sustain you, even if it is that you don't get, have time to listen to something in the morning that you can hold on to, Right? That's, that's uh, you know, when you go through counseling or um, all the counseling classes that I have gone through, one of the things that they teach you is that um, not to take on what people come and share with you. It's real easy to take it on. You know, people start uh, sharing with you their life, and sometimes you can relate to some of the things that you've been through with them right? And sometimes that's what makes you a good counselor, but it also makes you, you also have to know how to get rid of that because you can especially carry that and you don't even know you carry it, you know, and you're talking with people that are having issues in their marriage or something, and then you go home and your spouse does something, and before you know it, you jump all over them and they're like, wait, what's going on with you? And you're, oh, <laughs> well, you know, I was with some people today and they were sharing with me about their issues, you know. You, well, you dropped some crumbs on the floor and it just took me back, you know, <laughs> to all the issues. You know what I'm saying? So do you see how easy it is? So think about, the, think about as, as hard as it is to say, think about the people that you're around all day long. They start coming at you or you hear them, you know, and... Uh, you hear the, the, the negative, you know, the, 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 the issues of their life come out. And so uh, it is as painful as it is to hear that, you know, what, what, God, what, what we learn is that, you know, it's not, the, it's not really the, the person. I mean, it is the person, but it, God shows you and helps you to look at that person and to love them right where they're at. And look at them and go, wow, now I know a little bit of your makeup, why you behave, why you act like you do, why you react to certain situations like you do, right? But you don't get that if you haven't spent time with God. Because usually you're like, oh, I'm just going to get away from this person. Or you join in with them. Uh and, and, and another verse that I really um, like is Romans 12, 12. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By God's word, by reading his word. The more you read it, believe it or not, the more it will digest. It will get down inside of you. And when you come across you know, issues and circumstances, those, be, those words begin to come up out of you. You hear them in your thoughts. This morning, uh, Marissa called me and the computer upstairs from the thunderstorm was not working and I was trying to tell her how to turn it on. And then uh, 
uh, and I was trying to get ready to leave and trying to take care of Randy and uh, on top of that, trying to get myself ready. And then I was trying to print out my notes and our internet was down. And, you know, and so I was like, okay, enemy, you know, you're up to something. I must have a really good something to share with somebody today. And I just calmly said, you know what? Uh, uh-uh, not today. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get upset, you know. And I just said, you know what, Lord? Just help me, you know. Give me patience to get through this. And so I got, I was able to finally get the internet working long enough for it to print out. And then I got here and realized that there was a cord that wasn't plugged in. And, and I don't know how it came out. But anyway, the printer's on, uh, the computer's on. Um, and by the way, I was able to print out your statements, uh, your offering statements, and be more than glad to give them to you after church. Um, but anyway, it's, you know, it's how we, how, what's in your heart. So just coming to church and hearing God's word, if you don't put it to the test, if you don't use it, if you don't get help, then it's just really, it's, it's, what's the purpose? Uh, it says, what can you do to remove the hindrances and open the door to merge. Well, I shared some of those with you. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For who? For you. What's his will for you? His, his will says he has good plans for you. Plans not to harm you. To give you a good life right? Some of the harm that, that comes in our life is harm that we bring on ourselves. It says, when you allow, what you allow to affect your heart influences everything in your life. If you are constantly occupied with wicked and worldly matters, that is what will flow forth from you. But if you fill your heart with God's word and presence, his glory will emulate you and he will draw others to himself through you. Have you ever been around someone that just um, flows with God's word and they just, uh, they just light up? And those are the kind of people that I like to get around. And I just tell them, will you pray for me? Will you just put your hands on me? You know, I'm just like, just touch me because there's just something about them, you know, that they just, there's just a light going on all around them. Those are the people I like to hang out with. Um, I want to hear encouraging, you know, words. I want to be lifted up. And so Paul, speaking to the church of Ephesus, that's what he was doing. He was telling them, you know, to get prepared. Guard your heart. You know, don't be influenced by this world. And it brings me to the, to the um, a, a couple of, I think it was maybe last year, uh, you know, there's a lot of young people, uh, you know, going into the, going into schools and shooting shooters. And I don't know if you remember, um, but as I was here doing worship, the Lord brought this back to my mind. Um, the young man, I thought, I don't think it was in the state of Texas, but the young man, uh, walked into the high school, had a gun, walked in, had a gun under his coat, walked in and started just, shooting everyone, 
uh, turn around, and as they were evacuating the school, he turned around and he walked out of the school um, with them. He dropped his gun, walked out of the school, and took off walking down uh, the road. And he was on the neighborhood. He was in a neighborhood on the sidewalk, and I think he was about five blocks from the school. And they picked him up. The cops found him and picked him up. And uh, people, the news, of course, a couple of days later, the news was on, and people, of course, that have lost their children and other people were carrying on about this young man. And a teacher says, a teacher uh, quoted that they knew he had an unstable life, uh, home life. Um, They admitted that um, he was awkward, and they knew that something was going on with him, right? And uh, Randy and I are at a hotel room, and we're sitting on the edge of the bed watching this. And, uh, and people are saying in the background, oh, he's a monster, you know? Who could do this? And out of nowhere, I hear the Lord say to me, that's my child too. And I just begin to cry because we failed that young man. I failed that young man. And I don't know if I shared this story with you before, but I feel like I told Randy, I said, here the school knew that he had, you know, a situation in his life, something going on. And come to find out, his dad had left him when he was very young. I believe his mother had either passed away. He was living, he wasn't living in his house. He was living with a neighbor. Uh, He had moved from his home. Either his mom had passed away or his mom had left him too when he was very young. So here is a child, you know, at the age of 16, 17, I think, you know, left to defend on his own. Uh, I don't know all of his issues. But sometimes, you know, and it goes on to talk about the more they shared with us, you know, some of us are like that. We just don't come to the table with the gun, you know, but our hearts are like that, ready to explode. And so maybe he didn't, maybe that's all he knew. Maybe that, that's all he could think of. I don't know what, you know, stuff he was involved with. I don't know if he was on drugs. I don't know. But I just remember the Lord telling me, that's my child too. And it reminds me that that's the way we should look at people when we see, you know, people that have hatred in their heart that are Christians, you know, we're not perfect. Christians are not perfect. We have to continue to uh, be in God's word and remain in his presence. And we see the people that um, are Christians. I myself, you know, I, I have to stay in his word. But when I left, when I was saved and I was caught up, you know, in going to church and being all around these people, and then my friends started calling me. And I went. I wasn't strong enough to fight them off the spirit. The flesh became more powerful than the spirit. That's why you have to feed the spirit. The spirit is a, is a, is a, 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 a person. And so that's how we quench the spirit by getting caught up in things that we shouldn't be caught up in and not being caught up in God's word. So I have a couple of, it's all peaceful and quiet. So I have a couple of questions to put out on the table. Uh, Just two questions that I'd love for um, us to share. I didn't put them up on the board. I didn't um, 
come up with them until the last minute. And uh, I'd like to like for you, if you're at a table by yourself, to get together. Um, and let's just read over the questions and share, and then we will um, come to prayer and close. Okay. Sounds like uh, we had some pretty good discussions going on. What actions are you taking daily to confirm your mind, heart? Is that the word? Is that what I wrote? To confirm your mind, heart, and behavior to be more like God. And what do you need to rid yourself of this year in order to merge with Him? It's your health. It's your healthiness. And uh, let's go ahead and stand. Thank you for letting me share with you today. Again, I think about Paul. You know, he had a heart change. He went from killing Christians and God touched his heart that quick and, and he changed. And he went from hating and killing to loving, caring, sharing. He had been through it all, right? So uh, what a... Uh, what a great, uh, what a great choice to use someone like him that had been through it all, that had had the hate in his heart, and God turned it around for good, and that's what He wants to do with us, right? That's what He wants to do with us. So, um, I'm just gonna. Uh, ask for all of us to keep our eyes closed and uh, you know Pastor Randy and I are not any different than anybody else out here today uh, you know we, we are exposed to a lot more than what you realize during the week and uh, I have learned after being in this to guard my heart. Um, I'm, I'm a giver. And when you're a giver, your heart's open, right? Um, and we get exposed to things. And I know that as we hurt and as we deal with issues, sometimes we begin to put up walls And I told someone the other day, they told me that they just, you know, through all the hurt and the pain that they have been through, that they have put up walls, you know, they're numb. They don't want to deal with it. And I, I said, yeah, I've been there before. I know what that's like. And I said, but I want to share with you when you do that, you're not only closing out people, you're closing God out. Right? And so um, I encourage you today to, to uh, find someone if you're hurting, if you're dealing with issues, or maybe you've just recognized that you have some things that you need to deal with. You don't, uh, you know, Pastor Randy has shared with you before that as you begin to 
um, share and get rid of. It's like layers. You get a little, get, it's like an onion. You get rid of it a little by little. You know, you peel the layers of the onion a little by little. So you'll get rid of some and you'll deal with it. And um, you'll go on for a while and then more will come up. And so, uh, you know, God is, God wants to heal you and he wants to help you. And what he, de- what he wants to do is help take your, your pain, your uh, anger, uh, your issues, um, and he wants to heal them. And so if you're struggling here today with any of the things I've said, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't do any good with me knowing because God already knows, Right? And he's the one. And so, you know, just in your heart right now, you can just confess to him. You know, ask him for help. What's so cool about God is he knows, not only did he create us, he knows everything about us. He already knows what's in your heart. He's just waiting for you to say, I need help. He can work with that. He can work with someone that needs help. And so, Heavenly Father, I just thank you today, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, Father. Father, you remind me that I'm not of this world anymore, Lord, but I'm in it. And because we're in it, Father, we're exposed to things. And that we need to remind ourselves that we need to encourage one another. We need to lift one another up. We need to stop and think before something hateful comes out of our mouth or tacky or where is that coming from? What, what, what is that that really makes me want to behave that way or act that way? And most of all, Father, it doesn't glorify you. And Lord, I just ask that you help us to rid ourselves of those issues. Lord, you're the only one that can, that can remove that stuff. And I know the more that I let you in, the more I merge with you and become one, the more I get rid of me. And I like, I like when I merge with you. I like what I hear. I like what I think. I like how my heart feels when I merge with you. And so, Lord, I just ask for you to be over all of us. I thank you that you can that we are opening up our hearts to you, Lord. That this is a safe place, a safe place to come and lay down our walls. And that we have acceptance here. We have unity here. We have love here. And I thank you for that, Lord. I just ask you to continue to be with us, Father. Reveal to us. Reveal to us what we need, reveal to each one of us what we need to rid ourselves of. 
And maybe we can find someone to share it with. And if we can't, let us make a list and, let us, and show us, Father, how to rid ourselves of that. Touch our hearts, Lord. Touch our hearts, Father, with your love. Show us your love, Lord. Give us your love. Let us feel that like we did when we were first saved. Let us feel that again, Father. Oh, that is such a cool feeling, and it's a feeling that I don't want to get rid of. Father, we can hold that in our hearts, and I just ask that you bring that back to us. Remind us why we did that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for being here today. I've already given out some of the... uh, offering statements. If you didn't get it, come see me and I'll give you one. Also, if you made it to the kitchen and you had um, a sample of pie in there, uh, why can't I think of your name? Blanca is making pies. So if you would like to order one see, and you thought they were really good, see her and she will um, hand make them and get them out to you. Thank you.